You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And you ever kind of walked into the scenario where you want to get someone to change their mind, change their philosophy? You want someone to embrace their inner curiosity. But you know damn well that if you present it as change or as something that you want to force them to do or make them do, that there is about a 0.00001% chance that they'll actually do it. Because for a lot of people, just the idea of being told to change or forced to change can be something that we're going to buck against because we just don't like it. And even for me as a change evangelist and someone that you know teaches change on stages, you know, for me, I also have fallen into that same trap. But I believe when we think about you know, getting buy-in, talking to VCs or uh, you know, investors, or even when we start approaching the Web2 community on all things uh, NFTs, you know, crypto, this space, there are some really creative ways that we can approach this. And this also requires us, when someone says that we're not prepared for Web3, what they're really saying is, and I'll let you know what that is in a minute, because I think that's one of the things that we have to walk through here as early adopters in this space. Of course, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Crypto Business Conference, happening October 9th to the 11th in beautiful San Diego, California. It is a single-track event for anyone that wants to level up on all things NFTs, Metaverse, Creator Coins, and more. You can check that out. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of today's episode. Of course, we are doing a mint throwback, uh, you know, each and every day kind of throwing back as we count down to number 365. And one of our past guests on the podcast, uh, Mr. Joseph Jaffe, um, he launched earlier this year an Alpha Collective uh, group that he is, uh, you know, not only you know fostering, but you know, I was involved in uh, kind of helping him from a, a strategy and kind of you know building some of the layers within, uh, you know, this amazing kind of paid membership. Uh, where you know it's kind of opening the door for a lot of great conversations um, for all those you know in Web two and brands and businesses that really want to level up, and he just uh, just over the last uh, couple of days rolled out a free mint version, right, a freemium version, and uh, we actually minted that for our collection uh, yesterday. So it's actually in our collection uh, as of yesterday. Um, definitely check it out, Alpha Collective, uh, Joseph Jaffe, and you know excited for what he's building, and, and I think one of the things in all um, projects is that there's some great ways for that we can learn, you know, uh, different models, right? And so there, there are a lot of NFT projects that the barrier to entry is too high for most. But how can we bring in people through a free mint or other creative ways that allows them to experience part of it, and then maybe even earn their way in uh, to being the the paid version, or maybe you know be inspired or motivated because of what the taste is that they get. And be able able to kind of extend that kind of uh, beyond. So uh, definitely excited to have that project, uh, you know, in our collection. 
and that actually kind of fits nicely, uh, not my first time, uh, into what this all means, you know, when we're thinking about Web 2 uh, and where we were, right, or where we are in Web 2. And I, I know people like to say, like, well, I think we're really in Web 2.5, but I think what what we're really saying when we say that is that people aren't prepared for the next giant leap. And I don't know about you, but I don't think anyone has ever been prepared for major transformation, right? And, you know, I've given a talk uh, yesterday. I just got off stage here at Disney uh, earlier this morning talking about, you know, trends around social media and PR. Uh, and a lot of big brands uh, are involved in this event, right? Whereas Volkswagen was on stage, uh, Home Depot, and then, of course, a lot of the platforms. And and interestingly enough, like my afternoon keynote uh, today, which I'll be doing in about an hour and a half or so, um, is on the futurist mindset. And I will tell you, there's this is a strategic approach for me, right? So I'm giving a keynote today on the futurist mindset. So I started off talking trends uh, this morning. I'm giving a keynote on futurist mindset. And then tomorrow, I'm giving a talk on Web3, NFTs, and, the, and where this is all going. Now, why I, I, I say that's important is that we do have to manage expectations. We have to level set conversations, but we also have to recognize that we, we often present things in a way to a, to, to, let's just say to newbies or to, you know, web two community or even anyone that's outside of this, you know, kind of bubble that we're currently in. We often present things to people in a, an all or nothing kind of mindset or approach. And let's face it, it is not an all or nothing, right? Like we aren't just going to flip a switch and be in a decentralized world, right? Everything's not going to go decentralized. And I will make the argument that I am massive advocate for decentralization, but I don't believe it'll be the end all be all and everything will live in a decentralized state. I, I personally believe there are lots of benefits and things that that we enjoy in life and experiences that we have that are centralized requirements, right? So one of the things that we have to be very careful of when we are talking about Web3, when we're explaining, you know, the value and, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, we know is important in this space is we don't want to give people that feeling of either it's a, they're overwhelmed by what they have to learn or they feel dumb if they don't understand it. Because I will tell you, if we make people feel overwhelmed and we make them feel, you know, either dumb or naive for not understanding the components. It is where people go to that Mark Twain quote, right? People, people will always—I I will always butcher this quote—but it's you know, people prefer or people will yield to hating what they don't understand, right? It's very easy for us to bash or break down or hate what we don't understand because you know why that's easy? Because learning is hard. Embracing change ain't easy. No one's ever said, I'm going to change our process, our plans, our future, how we manage data, where, where we manage our assets. And was like, oh, that's going to be something easy and you know, run of the mill. Now, with that being said, I am one that have, I've worked with some really large brands on getting them to do some really cool, innovative things. And I'm going to give you a couple of those secrets that, that I've learned along the way. One of the first ones is that you must be the advocate or you must have a change advocate inside of whatever team, business, brand that you're wanting to work with. What I mean by that is you need a champion. 
because far too often we love third party validation, but third party validation in most cases doesn't drive home change results. It'll often talk about like, oh, well, I know that's what they're doing over there. So one of the things that you always have to think about is like, how do I create a change advocate or, you know, have a use case that can be the change advocate when I'm explaining things, right? And this is where, you know, it's a little bit of a soapbox for me. I've talked about it here on the podcast before, where like, I think the thing that that I believe we need more than anything else. And, and remember my goal is never mass adoption. I think mass adoption is something that comes, uh, you know, in the future when there's other moving parts, my, my, my role is growth adoption, right? I, I believe that hopefully that if you're listening to this podcast on a regular basis, that I've presented it in a way that's a train the trainer mindset, right? Where you can now talk um, not only, you know, about this space from a, you know, educated and experienced view, but you can train others, right? Because I think that's one of the places that we have to go here. But with, with that training, you know, I mentioned you have to have a change advocate. The other thing is you can't change or make change happen if you're not playing in the game or if you're not in the right conversations or in front of the right people. And to me, this is a big one because let's just say mental health, right? Like, you know, the mental health conversation is great and I'm all for mental health uh, focused NFT projects, but you know what we, we would make a bigger impact than mental health NFT projects, the prioritizing of mental health across every project. Because oftentimes and too often, the people that we know that need to hear our messages around change or mental health or um, you know, prioritizing self-awareness or whatever that may be, oftentimes they're not coming into a room or holding an NFT around mental health because it's not something at the moment they're prioritizing or is important to them. So this is where I have this like uh, philosophy where like my goal oftentimes is to get the right people in the wrong rooms and the wrong people in the right rooms. And what that really is saying is that like my goal is to bridge the gap, right? The reason that ADHD, the coin is labeled ADHD coin is that I know that every podcast that I'm a guest on, every time I take the stage, someone is going to introduce me as the ADHD superpowered Brian Fanzo. And what that does is it facilitates and enables conversations that I know need to happen in places that probably they're either not prepared for it to happen or they or are kind of surprised about it. Right. And even last night at this event, you know, I got to meet uh, an amazing 18 year old who was diagnosed ADHD and, you know, we were having this conversation and the reason she was able to have the conversation with, with me is that funny enough, her mom actually hired me in the past to speak at events. And because I talked about ADHD on stage, her mom told her daughter who was diagnosed, hey, you need to go follow Brian Fanzo because he talks about that and he's going went through a lot of the same things. And and so the reason I use that as an example is that you know if we're not integrating these use cases or these examples into our everyday conversation and we're only talking about it on NFT podcasts or we're only talking about it on Twitter spaces, it's no wonder we're not reaching people that need to hear it but don't even know that they need to hear it. The other part of this is that, you know, I said you have to be playing the game to drive change. And I've made this mistake before. Man, have I made this mistake. And if you've made this mistake, uh, you know, uh, you're not alone. That I've, I've in many cases wanted to change and drive change so badly that I gave, you know, I wouldn't even say it's an ultimatum, but I'm like, you know what? You know, if you guys aren't willing to change, I'm just not going to be able to work with you. I, if you're not willing to embrace this, I'm not going to be able to work with you. Well, you know what happened then? They're like, yeah, I guess that's just not going to happen. 
and now I'm outside the room. And you know what the percentage chance of them changing is with me outside the room? Zero, because I'm not able to make an impact. And so I will tell you, one of the things that I had to do, one of the things that was like a, a requirement for me to push things forward was that sometimes I had to find that, that level ground and make sure that I was in the room. The other part of this that oftentimes that I like to say is that once you give me the mic, you can't really stop me. And so in some cases, you know, if someone wants me to present information or data and they're like, Brian, our audience isn't ready for the Web3 conversation. I'm like, oh, that's perfectly fine. Let's make sure the title of the talk, let's make sure what people are attending does not scare them off, right? Doesn't have Web3 in there. But I will tell you, I'm going to set the conversation up that people are going by the end, not only going to be educated on Web3, but they're going to be wondering why they haven't had more Web3 sessions at this event or whatever that may be. And so the when you're thinking about like getting brands to buy in or sponsors for your NFT project or partnerships, right? I know that's a big one that's out there. You're going to want to make sure that you're approaching change not in that forced manner, but rather in this manner of like empowerment, inspire, inspiration, motivation. And, you know, we could use kids, for example, right? Like getting my kids to do things, um, you know, you know, the idea of like, you know, and, and, and just to put it clear, I was a pretty damn stubborn kid. Like my mom would say, Brian, you just have to eat one bite of your green beans or you're going to sit at this table until uh, bedtime. And you know, probably doesn't surprise many of you. I would sit at that table. They would turn the lights out. The family would go in and watch TV. And I would sit there looking at my green beans and I'm like, I'm not going to eat them. Uh, nope, not going to happen. And then all of a sudden it'd be bedtime and I'd walk downstairs. Like that was me as a kid. Right. So, you know, if think about that, like, I mean, my mom even provided me an incentive, right. And, a and even kind of created a middle ground. I didn't have to clean my plate, but I still was stubborn. So I, I say that because some people aren't going to be willing to change. Some people are going to be the Brian fans of green beans where you're like, sorry, I I'm not doing it. It's not happening. But there are other people that we just don't present things in ways that, that, that really make that bigger impact. Right. Cause if you tell me like something is, is healthy, my first assumption is that it's not going to taste very good. And, and maybe that's just me. <laughs> but, it, but if we were able to present something to someone about why this is really good and flavorful and it's farm to table and uh, really excited because the, the ingredients are fresh, well, now that sounds pretty appetizing to me. And then after I'm eating it and I'm done, you're like, well, actually, it's probably the healthiest meal you've eaten this week because it, this is what it's about. Well, now you've got me to kind of adopt in, right? I and mean, it's because you didn't lead with what is polarizing. You rather led with what is attracting. And so when you think about every conversation you're having around NFTs, Web3, Metaverse, whatever that may be, don't lead the conversation, don't present the, the value proposition in that force change kind of alienation way, right? Like, don't say like, don't you hate the internet right now? It's, you know, there's all this censorship that exists. If people don't really care about censorship, right? If the person you're talking to isn't um, bullish or, you know, really massively impacted uh, on things around censorship, don't make that the thing that you're presenting uh, in the conversation. Rather, you have to change the narrative. Now, this also comes into place with how we think about NFT projects, right? If you're bringing your NFT project to the to you know the masses, you want to launch an NFT project. What you have to remember, and this is like this is often an ego play. You have to take yourself out of it, and you have to put yourself in the shoes of those people that you're trying to reach. And I will tell you, that's not always easy. And, you know, I have a philosophy. It's called think like a fan. 
my name being Fanzo, it kind of works out pretty nicely. But think like a fan really means put yourself in that that the shoes of that person and ask yourself, what are the things that are going to interest them? How are you going to present the information? It's no mistake that that Starbucks rolled out their uh, you know NFTs as not as NFTs, right? And there's no mistake when you go on Instagram and you want to you know connect your wallet. What are you connecting your wallet? You're not connecting your wallet to NFTs. You're connecting it to your digital collectibles. Well, part of that narrative is. Instagram, uh, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to assume based on you know just my knowledge of platforms, they understood that presenting something as NFTs would be polarizing and probably not something used by the masses. But if they were able, if they told or they presented it as digital collectibles, and that that are on the blockchain. Well, now the conversation is a little bit different, right? Because now people are going to be like, oh, what are digital collectibles? And how do I make my digital collectibles you know, into my Instagram feed or you know, post it as an Instagram post? And so I think that is one of those big changes that you know, the words we use matters. How we present the initial information extremely matters. But we also have to recommend, we have to, we have to realize that we have to get people's attention first. And then it's our job to present them information or value proposition. And I am one that firmly believes, you know, getting someone's attention, capturing their attention are two of the hardest things to do in this space right now. But the hardest one of all of them is maintaining their attention and maintaining someone's attention around change or disruption or technology. What it really requires us to do is be relatable with them understand what matters to the audience that we're talking to understand what they care about what are the problems that they are they think are most most important and then presenting solutions or even helping them get to that solution that maybe makes the biggest impact in their life or that matters the most to them it's why when when i get asked that question a lot i get this asked you know brian how do you pre- what use case do you present to brands that you're talking to about getting an nfts and i was like there isn't one use case I have a plethora of use cases, also plethora being one of my favorite words in the world, but I have a plethora of use cases. And what I do is I I keep them in my back pocket and I listen and I learn what do they care about? I'll tell you here at Disney, you know, having a conversation with, you know, a a crisis uh, leader um, and he was crisis leader at the White House. He happens now to be the, the COO at this small company called General Mills. And I will tell you, I started the conversation off with him and we were 20 minutes in the conversation before I mentioned the word NFTs or Web3 when he was asking me what I'm doing and what are the things most important to me right now. Why, you might be asking, is because I knew that what mattered to him and what his background was, because I did the research, to know that he has an experience on helping you know, people get through the crisis component, right? And, and setting people up for success during the tough times and understanding the importance of vulnerability, but also recognizing that vulnerability can oftentimes be looked at as a weakness and you can't, you can't expose vulnerability if you're not prepared to handle the, you know, kind of the, the feedback that goes with it. And so in the dialogue I had uh, with him, and it was a great conversation that we had today at the table, you know, when I got to the point where I was like, yeah, you know, and I'm hosting a daily podcast on NFTs and Web3 because I think all of these things that we both care about are leading us towards this decentralized world. His knowledge, his, his answer to me said, you know what? I've never thought about it that way. No wonder you're good and they hired you to speak at this event and, and, and host this event. 
Now, to me, like I would just tell you, like I'm not saying that to brag. It's more like saying it because I will tell you that if I had started that conversation off or I did not know enough about him and I went to a use case about the Playboy party that I got to go to in New York, yeah, then you know how well that would have worked? Or if I would have just talked about these JPEG pictures that have monkeys on them that I make hundreds of thousands of dollars on, not would have worked, that wouldn't have worked either because that wasn't what he cared about. It wasn't what was value, important to him. And for me, there wasn't a call to action at the end, but I'm now establishing a relationship with an executive at a giant fortune 100 brand that, that one day that when I, you know, when I believe, you know, they're ready or they believe they're ready, we could present a conversation where I might be able to advise them on deploying their very first NFT with their, you know, Cheerios or their honey nut Cheerios and, you know, whatever that may be. And so I use that just as an example. And so, you know, it might be your spouse it might be your family member. It might be your neighbors. It might be your your coworkers in your in your nine to five or or your um, you know full time gig. But be just be very aware is that when someone is turned off or or is confused by what you're doing, it might not be that they are they it was on their side of the fence. It actually might be on your side of the fence. It might be how you present or, or talk about it. And because if they don't if they don't collect Beanie Babies, baseball cards, or are huge comic book fans, talking about NFTs as collectibles is useless. If they're not someone that is looking at for investment and they're not trading stocks or looking at crypto as the future of digital currency, using that as a component or a value proposition is not going to go over well. And so I will just tell you and 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 kind of leave you with this is that if we want to embrace change, if we want to help people see the power and the beauty of Web3, in most scenarios, we have to know enough or know more about who we're talking to, what they care about, so that we can present the information in the most likelihood way of getting them to embrace something different or change. And I, for one, love doing that without ever using the word NFT until the very end of the conversation. And I'm like, oh, you care about digital ownership. Yeah, we real. Don't you wish we had a way to, that was authenticated online that we could prove who put what online first? And and if we had like a, a way that had like this immutable tracking system that didn't allow people to inter, to delete it once they put something out there, and and now we actually have like a chain of custody. And people are like, damn, yeah, that wouldn't that be amazing? And then I can say, well, do you know what NFTs provide us as we move forward? And so hopefully that incites you, that hopefully inspires you to kind of think about the way we present our information, think about the way that you're talking to sponsors, you know, um, partners, VCs or brands that you're trying to, uh, to connect with. And so for me, that's, that's kind of what I get to do, you know, for a living. It's, you know, a lot of what my background and my success has been is that I get to work with some amazing brands, right? Like the UFC did not want to do uh, live video content. Um, they wanted to just use the content on their pay-per-view channels. But for me, what I wanted to present it to them was nothing about live video. I presented to the UFC, how do we give people a behind-the-scenes look? How do we give people access to build that stronger relationship with the fighters before they even know about the pay-per-view so that they're counting down to the pay-per-view? You're not having to use a promo for a pay-per-view to get people to buy into a fight. And someone was like, and this was the executive at UFC, was like, you know what? We'd be, I'd be willing to throw a lot of money at something that was going to give us that kind of access. And I was like, oh, well, I have a live video strategy that could work just well for that. See what I did there? 
So hopefully it gives you some ideas, um, some thoughts on things that you can do um, in your world and in whatever way you're playing in this Web3 space to embrace change, to teach change, to inspire change. And in many cases, not talk about change, but get people to change their mindset or to shift their perspective. As I mentioned at the start, you know, we are sponsored by the Crypto Business Conference. Some great speakers um, on stage, uh, Michael Stelzner and the social media examiner team uh, do a great job of putting on a great event. This is their first crypto business event, but I have been a speaker at uh, the other many years, seven plus years of their social media marketing world event. And I will tell you, it's you know one of my favorite events that I not only get to speak to each and every year, but it's one that I oftentimes leave it with this, that feeling of like, these are my people. And I think in this world today, we need more IRL events that give people that feeling of like being seen and being heard. And I hope to be able to see you and hear you in uh, beautiful San Diego, October 9th to the 11th. Definitely just check out socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT 365. And I'll, uh, I'll f- finish this off by just saying, you know, uh, I've been asking people like, you know, we've been getting a lot of feedback on like, how can people get involved or how can people support the podcast or show? Um, we'd love it if that, if you found this, you know, this episode uh, of value, just hit that share button in whichever app that you're using, share it out to Twitter, just use hashtag NFT 365. So we will see it and amplify it. Uh, if you have suggestions for guests on the podcast, just, you know, send us a tweet over at NFT 365 podcast. If you have you know topics or uh, you know you have comments on past episodes or maybe even something that you'd love for me to revisit that we talked about early on um, in the podcast, yeah, please just reach out. Let us know. Um, we are definitely all ears um, and and looking forward to hearing from you and and really appreciate everybody who's been sharing out the podcast. Everybody who's bought some of the merchandise that we have that um, is now available and. We have more things coming for you uh, in the very near future, but uh, you know we'll get to those as we get to them. But you know, as always, until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100 Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, the show is over.